you're Austin. And you're Justin. And this is Amazeballs! Hey Justin, are you ready for some amazing stories? Fuck yeah, I'm ready. Alright, the name of today's episode is... Mando Bizarro. <laughs> well, I mean it was, but that's not the name of the episode. The name is... The, the Main, Main Attraction. Attraction. Let's get to it. No, please, I'll be a good boy. I'll advocate the clip. I'll raise funds for charity. I'll prevent forest fires. So today's episode is called The Main Attraction. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts right off the bat? Uh, I thought it was good. I liked it. The physical comedy was really good. This, uh, this was a very funny episode yeah, compared to the first. Yeah, it was much, much more uh, comedic. Mm -hmm. uh, still had kind of scary elements. I, I remember seeing this as a kid without knowing what Amazing Stories was, but I have memories of that final scene. I had nightmares. Oh, no no spoilers yet. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It, 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 it apparently left a mark on me as a child. Stuck with you, yeah. Yeah. Alright, so this episode starts in the morning, an alarm goes off. Um, dream in which he imagines himself as the sports hero, which we come to find out is true. Right, right. You just hear in the background, like, his name, like an announcer just, like, talking about all of his accomplishments. Trophy also, after trophy. Yeah, while also panning over all of his trophies and ribbons. and. <laughs> so he wakes, uh, looks at himself in the mirror, and kisses himself right yeah. on the lips. <laughs> I thought it was a portrait at first, but we went back and watched it, and you were right. It was a mirror. Right, right. Uh, what did he call himself? He's like... Woke up and kissed himself in the mirror. Is like you dog. <laughs> it was disturbing, uh, but then his mother barges in without knocking and has a tray of breakfast and oh she's like breakfast in bed for the champ. Yeah. Puts it on the bed. It was weird. That was weird. You gotta wonder if that's an everyday occurrence. Right. And just. I know I would get pissed any time my parents walked into my room without knocking. <laughs> Especially when you're just waking up. <laughs> So it goes from there to uh, his mom saying his dad and sister have already left for school. He's going to be late. He has to get ready. But he he doesn't hurry. No. He he doesn't uh, he doesn't have to try hard at anything. Seems like he he like everything's kind of like bent to his will. By the way, his name's Brad Bender, yeah. the character. We've just been referring to him as he. But uh, it shows Brad getting ready in the restroom, taking a long time dancing to music that's on the radio. And yet again, this time for real though, the sports announcer on the radio is congratulating him for his many achievements and right specifically swimming. Oh yeah, he, like made all state on swimming, and they're talking about how he's been on all state and baseball and basketball and <laughs> ever everything. He's just a he, the golden child of he's a champ. Sports. Yeah, so he opens up his bathroom mirror, and there's at least twenty types of cologne in there. Yeah. He has a, a long routine. You can you can kind of tell he probably shows up to school every day, probably around, like, 10. Nobody ever really says anything. <laughs> that, that's a good life. <laughs> His friend shows up at this point, and he's got a name, like, Skeeter or 
Yeah, uh, it's, it's whatever. It's lackey. Yeah. Hench, henchman number one. <laughs> so he shows up and him and the mom are both congratulating him on how he looks. He has the big handful of moose and yeah. perfects his eyebrows. Yeah, they give him the thumbs up. Yeah, at the same time. Yeah. They both look really hesitant, though. Right. It was a weird... There's a lot of weird scenes in this. Like, uh, his relationship with his mom is obviously a little off. Yeah. Uh, he, like, got mad at her because the toast was, like, not lightly toasted. Yeah, sent it back to the kitchen. Yeah, and she just was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and brings him breakfast in bed, apparently, every morning. I guess that does. Just, yeah, that nails it down. Yeah. So next he gets in his car, he starts heading to school. Uh, we find out he has a reserved spot at school. Yeah, we see henchman number two, who is <laughs> much bigger than henchman number one, and even bigger than Brad. Oh, yeah. He's he's the muscle of the of the organization. Oh, one thing we missed is on the radio, the announcer is talking about prom, which is coming up. Right. And Brad is sure he's going to win prom king. Yeah, that's actually why his lackey came and reported to him. He reported to him polls about past prom king winners. They were all uh, lettermans and, and all state people. Quarterbacks. Like yeah, and then he was a shoe and he's like, is there any, were there any uh, student body presidents? And here we get a clue as to who's running as opposed yeah. to him. Yeah, some, some guy named Cliff. Yeah. He's, I guess, an academic, a, a nerd, as he refers to him. Yeah. So he's in his car, he heads to school, he's got the reserved parking spot, which no one else is allowed to park in. Yeah, there's a big, big hulking monster of a, of a teenager there. Uh, what's he got, like a Camaro or a, like a Firebird? Yeah, it was a Camaro. Yeah, it's definitely an iconic, like, high school badass car. Yeah. The nice flame Gets red paint job. Gets to park in front of the school. He gets out of his car, and he starts to head up to school, and uh, he's not late, actually, because all his classmates are standing right, outside. Right, yeah. They're just all walking around. And he starts handing out papers. Yeah, he gets some papers about himself, I'm assuming being, like, all-state swim champion or something. And autographs are free. Yeah, he just makes a bunch of jokes. One bunch of one-liners to all the girls talking about, <laughs> like, next time it'll be poster-sized. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, when I first moved to Georgia my senior year of high school, I was studying Japanese when I lived in Hawaii. And they didn't teach that in Georgia, so I had to learn it over the phone to graduate, because it was just a couple months until graduation. And the local, two local papers approached me and asked if I could do a story for them. And it was nothing. But my, my uh, face was in the paper, so people came up to me at lunch and would be like, is this you? And I'd be like, yeah, do you want an autograph? And they'd always be like, no, <laughs> just walk away. But uh, no, he's, he's a champ, it looks like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everybody, everybody likes him, seems like, so far. Yeah, except for the one, authorities. And one, one person seems to like him a lot, and he is not receptive. This is and where we run into uh, Shirley. Yeah, in time. fact, he, he seems downright terrified of this girl. Right. Whenever she, she shows uh, up, he, like, cowers behind people... He stammers, like he doesn't know what to say. She's got kind of a cool, like, quirky fashion sense. Uh, she, <laughs> they always, they make fun of her behind her back. They say that she's like a dog. Uh, all that stuff. That she's like nerdy and ugly. And apparently that's like the whole thing. But it, it doesn't come off as like he doesn't like her. It comes off as he's, he's terrified scared of her. of her. Yeah. 
And she is kind of stalkerish. Yeah. Who knows how long they've been in school right. together. Right. Maybe she's actually done some things that warrant him being afraid. Like, he <laughs> wakes up and she's, like, standing over him while he's asleep. Well, it didn't or, get that dark, but... No, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> it could have happened in the past. That's why he acts like this now. Totally. <laughs> so it goes to class, and we hear an announcement over the intercoms uh, talking about how they're going to elect prom king and queen. And this is strange. Yeah, it's really weird. Like... First, he talks about how last year the the queen, the most popular girl, got to pick her king. So this year, the most popular boy gets to pick her his queen. But there's a hitch. They're not doing it as a popularity contest anymore. It's whoever can sell the most lottery tickets in 24 hours. Which is still a popularity contest. I thought the same thing. <laughs> um... It's just less direct, I guess, or raises money for some obscure thing. But it's going to equal out to the same effect yeah, where whoever... Right. Whoever's most, most liked. And we see that. Yeah. But first... Uh, but even besides that... Brad like disappears whole... out of the door in yeah. a flash and is in the principal's office immediately getting tickets. Like, like the, the principal is in the, middle of a, is in the middle of saying a word, and he leaves the classroom as he's saying that word... And enters the pre- the the principal's room where he's making the announcement as he finishes it. I love it. It's crazy. It's such a <laughs> Simpsons type shot, such an animation type yeah. shot for a live show. So Brad finds out that Cliff has had twenty four hour lead on him. Mm-hmm. Cliff uh, knew about this plan, bought tickets the day before. And yeah, all the him. teachers and the presidents were so smug about it too. Like they all had like this shit eating grin on their face. Like yeah. We're going to take you down a peg, golden boy. And I don't understand why the teachers hate this guy. Maybe because he shows up to school late and he like doesn't care about anything but sports. But he is very full of himself. Yeah. But he seems to be able to back it up. Yeah, like all the students seem to like him. Yeah. We go back to class and the chemistry teacher is discussing the meteor shower tonight. Yeah. Um, Brad is lost in a daydream, so he doesn't know what's going on. Well, he's threatening the, the cliff. Cliff is right behind him and they're talking. Oh, okay. Explaining, and he's just like, you're dog meat, pal. You think I'm scared just because you have an hour, a, a day lead on me on this? Yeah. Does this look like someone who's scared? And Brett Cliffs is like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I eat nerds for you like breakfast and spit out the pencils. Is yeah, one of his lines. that's what Brad said. He's like, I, I, eat tw- I eat nerds like you for breakfast and spit out the pencils. <laughs> so the teacher is going to require them to watch the meteor shower for 30 minutes tonight as mm-hmm. a class assignment. That's pretty cool homework. I'd be down. Yeah. If you're in kind of a rural setting. In the city, it would be hard. It cuts to lunch. Yeah. And he's selling tickets. Well... And he's promising every girl that he sells tickets to every pretty girl in, in the cafeteria is shown in different parts of the seat, uh, like different cuts of him... Uh, wooing them and promising that he'll make her queen if she buys, like, ten tickets. And we kind of have an overlapping shot. We're following Shirley, too. She's in the cafeteria, and we find out he... Brad also has a reserved lunch table, guarded by the same goon number two. Yeah, that guy doesn't go to any classes. He just (laughs) saves that guy's spots all day. The goon picks up uh, Shirley's chair, carries her over to a table full of people playing chess. Right, yeah, a bunch of nerdy guys uh, playing chess, and they just look at her, and then they even, like, pick up their chess boards and leave. Like, that's 
not an easy thing to do. There's two chess boards, too, yeah. and it's on the end of a table. Yeah, and she just, like, sighs and starts eating her lunch. <laughs> I used to play chess sometimes in high school. I we... didn't remember, really. I was I was more into uh, trading card games. I just remember I was really into magic. Oh, I didn't get into that till later. So... As we mentioned last week, uh, we really didn't get into Amazing Stories until about two or three years ago. Yeah. And we found them when they were on Netflix. You can actually find them on YouTube right now right? for free. The entire first season, at least, is up there. Yeah. I, my, I may have seen some of the second season, too. But when we started watching them, Justin, his TV had a flaw. Yeah, it showed everything um, without red. And we thought that was due to faulty cables. Right, but it was just because I'm an idiot and I didn't have it plugged in correctly. <laughs> so we watched this whole series with like yellow, with like a yellowish green tint to it. Everything was blue and yellow. Yeah. Yep. And it's like watching them uh, brand new right now. We're rewatching them for this show, and it's so much more vivid. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, back to the story. She gets rejected by the nerds playing chess, and he's still promising. Yeah, it, it intercuts that her uh, being lonely at lunch with her other li ugly little nerd girl friend that's mm -hmm. with her, uh, and uh, Brad making promises to the girls. Well, she's not ugly. They're just outcasts. Well, ugly to them. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, they have a plan. Shirley asks her friend if she looks better with her glasses on and are off, takes her glasses off, and this time approaches Brad... Yeah. But can't see anything. Yeah, it looks bad. She's like, has her eyes closed pretty much. <laughs> he swaps another guy out right, who's walking is by. Where he, this is where he like cowered behind someone. Mm -hmm. She can't tell the difference. Uh, yeah, she can't tell the difference. Um, but she wants to buy ten tickets. Yeah. Uh, from him, and she's like, one at a time. Like, fans are <laughs> Seems like a good deal. Yeah. Uh, he somehow avoids this, and we wind up in a really cliche, like, urban restroom. And Yeah, it's gross looking. There's graffiti spray paint everywhere, really bad tags. Yeah. And uh, it's Brad and his goons, there's like five of them now. Right. And they're cornering a smaller kid. Yeah. Uh, he's like, oh, you're selling tickets, huh? You're selling tickets? You're some, like, big shot? And the kid was like, no, I'm selling them for Cliff. And... Brad was just like... They show no mercy. Yeah, he's like, you know what this means? And then they all, like, look excited, and then they say something I wasn't expecting at all. We had to rewind it yeah. to a couple of times. Yeah, they, they say, the temple, the temple of doom. doom. <laughs> uh, and they look towards the toilet, and the kids start screaming. We looked this up, and Temple of Doom had come out just a couple of months previous to Right. This. So he, it's uh, Steven Spielberg. Yeah. He's pushing George yeah, Lucas's movie. This is still his show. Yeah. <laughs> um, he looks to one of his goons and he says... He's like, oh yeah, are you on, you're on uh, special effects today, right? And he's like, no, that's Steven. I'm on sound. And so <laughs> I'm guessing Steven starts flicking the life, lights on and off while the other guy starts like moaning and making screaming noises while they swirly this kid and... What I'm assuming is a really gross toilet. Well, yeah, if it's in this bathroom, I agree. It was terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> it was also very weird. Very so, overdramatic, swirly. Yeah. We but cut, it was entertaining. We uh, cut to the bedroom now. It's nighttime. Brad's bedroom again, where we started. Right. And 
he's, he's on the phone with Cliff. Oh, he's threatening his nemesis. Yeah, he's yeah. on the phone with Cliff, and he's just like, see, I told you I didn't have anything to worry about. <laughs> and Cliff's like, you haven't won yet. And he says... Uh, you pray... Uh, or, no, no, no. What does uh, he say? He says, That's not the, the only thing that'll stop me, Cliff, is an act of God. Crash! Um, no, <laughs> we hear a meteor go by. Yeah. This is a meteor, it zooms by the window. Right, and you still hear the, the crash noise and stuff. Brad's on the phone and he goes, you pray pretty often, tell him he missed. And then you hear Cliff, like, actually worried on the phone on the other end. He's like, are you there? Hey, what happened? What's going on? <laughs> and he hangs up. Yeah. Without uh, saying anything, really. Uh... And then you see another meteorite coming in through the window. Straight towards the window. Yeah, and this, this is very... This is kind of like a callback to the first right. episode. Yeah. The train approaching the window. It's slow, it's loud, and it's bright. In the, and in the lights of it coming, we see a dramatic uh, silhouette of him like trying to escape. A lot of chiaroscuro there, playing yeah. the shadows. Yeah. Uh, meteor finally hits directly in his living room. Scene, right. scene cuts to black. And, I, and you see a... No, actually, it's... I like this transition a lot. Okay. Because it doesn't cut to black. What's actually, it Actually, it shows... It's, at, it's night, and it shows the hole, and then it transitioned to daytime, and you see the hole, but you see it through the lens of a guy looking through the camera. Oh, and we find out his room is full of scientists. Right, right. Who are researching the meteor... And how it's made everything in his room magnetized. Yeah, the scientist guy's trying to take pictures of everything, and Brad keeps jumping in and making stupid poses. He's photobombing. Yeah. Yeah, in 84. Yeah. <laughs> Before it was cool. So we uh, see Brad, he's, he's out of the picture now, leaning up against his stuff, and something stuck to his back. It's a metal ruler. Right, yeah. Uh, they're they're uh, testing why everything's magnetized, and one of the scientists is like, I'm surprised you're not magnetized. And a light starts to move towards him, yeah. a lamp head that's metal, and uh, they start getting distracted. They start talking about the second meteor and right. how no one has found it yet. It's still a mystery as to where it is. Yeah, everyone saw it hit, but no one knows exactly where. So Brad gets scared. He's like... He's yeah, at first, I'm, he's like, my God, guys, look, you're never going to believe this. This, this happens wrong. all in one sentence. Yeah. <laughs> he's happy, and then he starts to have this vision, and he gets scared. And we cut to a really scary scene of them leaning over him in first person. Scary in quotation marks. Yeah, they're in a laboratory <laughs> setting. It's kind of an yeah. abduction-looking room. Right, yeah. And uh, the scientists are speaking... One of the female scientists holds up this huge instrument. It's glowing and transparent and yeah. has moving swirling parts. Says some parts. kind of mumbo jumbo about wanting to measure science bullcrap. <laughs> Where do we insert it? Right here. here. And they slam it, and he comes back to reality, yeah. and he's like, "That's a really big hole." Because <laughs> yeah. he changed his mind about telling them. Yeah, well, he was obviously scared. <laughs> uh, doesn't want to get anything shoved up his butt today. Or dissected, yeah. yeah. Or vivisected, who knows. <laughs> so, his, he won't go to school. His mom and his uh, lackey came over again every morning, yeah. I assume. Yeah, she tried to give him his breakfast and his door was locked. Yeah, which is strange. Yeah, so she was like, come on, honey, you gotta let me in, you gotta go to school. And he's like, I'm not going, I'm sick. They don't take that because today's the day to announce the uh, king. I wanted to talk a little bit about the transitions here, too, because I, I liked it. It was another one of those, like, keeping with the whole, like, him instantly being in the office and, like, all the cuts that they've been um, um, making so far for the style. Mm -hmm. This one, um, 
it shows the mom knocking on his door, and he's like, oh, I'm not coming in. And then it shows, just cuts to, like, a POV of the mom looking at the lackey outside, and she's saying, he won't come in, he's sick, he won't come out, he's sick. And then the guy's like, he's sick, and then it immediately cuts to the lackey and the mom being outside of his bedroom. There are pretty dramatic cuts of scenery, yeah, yeah. you're right. Um, it's very sharp, it's like, there's constant stuff going on. They fit a lot into the episode yeah. that way. And it has more comedy, kind of bouncing momentum than the first episode did. Right. And from that, he goes outside to the car. Well, he has magnite. Mag everything is magnetized, so it's stuck to him in his room. And he eventually is convinced he has to go to school because they announced the uh, king today. Yeah, prom queen. Prom, prom king and queen. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, I don't care about being prom king. And the guy's like, but then you'll lose to Cliff. And that motivates yeah. him. Yeah. So he goes outside, he tries to get in his car... And this is where we start to see a lot of the physical comedy kind of come into play. Right. The guy really did a good job with this. He did. Yeah. It, it, his style was comparable to kind of Jim Carrey. Yeah. In his facial expressions. Like it, yeah. So he gets stuck to the car. He tries to step away from it. Uh, he goes horizontal, kicks um, it aside. Yeah. And he yeah. gets on the bike. Finally, finally gets, uh, finally gives up and rides the bike to school. His little sister's pink yeah. bike. Yeah. The goon number two, the large one, is waiting at school, uh, guarding his spot. Yep. Never goes to class. <laughs> Might not even be a student. Actu actual he hired looks, bodyguard? Yeah. Could be. <laughs> Maybe when you're that... To keep away the, the girl that's been stalking him? Uh, oh. <laughs> Conspiracy theory. <laughs> so he falls trying to get off the bike. He's obviously stuck to it. Everybody's yeah. kind of laughing because he rode... His little sister's bike to yeah, school instead of his falls. Camaro. So it goes to the classroom, and the teacher is talking about the meteor. Right, and how it was amazing that this Amazing! Happened. Yeah, he said, he said it wanted it to... It was, uh, the odds of what happened happening were astronomical. Two then, meteorites striking the same town. Yeah, and yeah. someone in his class. So the braces of the kids sitting next to Brad start to attract... Everything uh, in the room's going Yeah, it's shaking. Him. The, the girl's earrings and necklaces are, like, going towards him. Mm -hmm. The kid with braces is, like, literally getting his head stuck to him. And <laughs> nobody's reacting. In fact, the teacher still looks, like, annoyed that he's, like, disturbing class again. As if magnetism <laughs> right. isn't a superpower. <laughs> and this is where we get to one of my favorite scenes. He's, he's on the lockers. He leaves the classroom in a hurry and doesn't realize the lockers are all steel. Slams into him. Yeah, this was where the physical comedy went to probably the its height. Yeah, I agree. It, it made me laugh the a couple times yeah. when I was watching it. Many times. Uh, he gets stuck to the lockers. It switches to where they filmed it, probably the camera on top of the lockers as the floor. Right. But I, he did such a good job. Yeah, he did a really good job. So it really looks like he's fighting gravity right. where no wires are apparent. He's doing a really good job. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a funny scene. And it lasted a while. It, it was did. A, about a minute and a half of him crawling along the lockers. But he falls off, and uh, you heard this in the intro. This kind of goon-looking guy, a John Candy ripoff, is what I called him. Right. He's laughing, kind of to himself, chuckling, and goes, "Mondo Bizarro." Yeah, and and Brad laughs with him, and then throws him into the lockers very angrily. Yeah. <laughs> And this is where the scientists enter the picture again. Yeah. They're looking for Brad, so they go to the uh, coach, because he's an all-star. Right. Not the principal. And the coach's room is strange. It's full of, like, 
chain metal, uh, there's links separating the room. It kind of looks like what you see in TV is like an evidence locker at, right. on a cop show. Yeah, it looked strange for like a, it did not look like a boy's locker room. Uh, I mean, I, I guess they made it like that for more comedic value of having more metal stuff being available to fly at him, but I can still think of like, a, like it seems like a boy's locker room would be enough for that. So, <laughs> I don't really understand that choice. And everyone is asking, every scientist is asking the people in the school, have you noticed anything unusual today about Brad or anything in general? And everyone's like, no. No. I haven't noticed a thing. Brad's been rolling on the lockers for a minute and a half. Yeah, There's been people that saw him. He's been accumulating stuff all over his, like... Oh, everything metal. Yeah. Rulers, pens, paper clips, they're all stuck to him now. Trophies. Oh, yeah, it just gets worse and worse. So he he breaks away from the lockers and winds up in the equipment room. Yeah, worst possible place he could have gone. Yeah, it's not full of uh, dodgeballs or anything. It's no, full it's of, full of golf clubs and metal baseball bats. Garden tools. Uh, garden tools. It's terrible. <laughs> uh, I guess it matches the rest of the creepy boy's locker room. Luckily, he gets out of there really quick. Yeah. Everything slams against the wall, kind of pins him to the door as yeah, soon as he gets on the other side. Yeah, you can see him. He's, like, trying to straighten it out. <laughs> and the scientist was like, hey, I've been looking all over for you. We need to talk to you. And he's like, I won't be your guinea pig. And he finally breaks free and runs off. Yeah, he runs outside. He yeah. makes it out. Everything is sticking to him now. Right. It just seems like the magnetism's getting worse. He's almost got a full suit. Like, yeah. there's hockey masks, all the sporting yeah. good we saw earlier. And... Uh, it was really good, uh... Prop work. It was. He runs outside, and all these people start harassing him. His prom dates. Yeah, uh, they're just like, hey, we have heard you both promised everyone to be prom queen. What's up with that? Teachers are now harassing yeah. him, too. Teachers don't like him. Teachers do not. There's this vibe. Everybody else in school likes him. Well, except the people now that are around him. But uh, he starts to run away. He's trying to get out of school. He's like, I'm sick. He's still sticking to that right. story. He still wants to get out. And, uh, <laughs> the scientist and the coach is behind him trying to catch him. It's uh, not them that catches him, though. No, he gets caught by uh, the flagpole. And he gets past it a good 20 feet. And then he starts... This is where the special effects of it really shine, I think. Like, even for back in the days that, like... it. I, I bought it. It, it lifts him off his feet and pulls him back by his, like, tiptoes. Yeah, and he's, like, trying to run against it, so <laughs> it, like, it's not pulling him, uh... People are all gathered around him. Yeah, at this point, like, people have noticed now. None of them are gasping. They're still pretty nonchalant Everyone's about happy. Yeah. They're all like, like, yeah, this is awesome. So he takes a hockey mask that's stuck to his knee and throws it as far as he's, he can. He's got hundreds of things stuck to yeah. him. Baseball bats, golf clubs... It slides back. This is where he gets his real first applause. Yeah, everyone starts like uh, cheering for him. He's like, "Oh, you like that, huh?" It <laughs> does like, again. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm uh, so what? I'm magnetized. <laughs> Who Can't cares? control it, so it's not yeah. as cool as. And then the scientist pops out. And he's like, uh, "Don't worry, I don't think this is gonna be any detriment to your health." And he's just like. All this stuff on him, stuck to the fu uh, to the fucking pole, and he can't move. He's just like, oh, really? It's not going to affect my health, huh? And he throws that second hockey mask, and it stays there. Yeah. It doesn't come back this time. So everyone's like, what's going on? And it starts to rattle a yeah. bit once the scientist comes on scene. 
and uh, tells him that they've found the second meteorite. Yeah. Not the second person who was exposed to the meteorite. Literally stands next to him, puts their arm around her. Well, no, there's like a really good pan shot where it like, um, it shows the mask vibrating and then it like goes up to like knee level of everyone. Mm -hmm. And then the camera like surfs through the crowd and like people part out of the way of the camera. Train. Uh, like, like as, yeah, um, as like a train shot. It was um, awesome. And it goes through and it comes up to her, and she's covered in everything, too. Well, Shirley. Yeah, Shirley, the girl that he can't stand, he's, like, afraid of. <laughs> uh, and she's covered in stuff, She too. loves it. Yeah. Big and, smile. Uh, uh, the girl's, like, the scientist girl from earlier was, like, the second meteorite. <laughs> and, like, we both just thought it was weird that, like, they're not referring to, like, the second person affected by the meteorite. No, yeah. They're referring to her as the meteorite, which it was weird. <laughs> so, now you find out they're attracted to each other. Surely, <laughs> she starts yeah. sliding towards him. He's, he's fighting it. He can't, he's, like, stuck to the post. Can't even get off the pole. He's just like, oh my god. <laughs> and that's where you heard the rant at the beginning. <laughs> and then, yeah, he, like, starts pleading. This was the scene that gave me nightmares. Was it? Like, this specific scene. I don't remember it being in a comedy setting at all. I just remember this scene of that guy being covered in metal and this girl being covered in metal and them being slammed together. Uh -huh. And he obviously did not want it. <laughs> and, it, I, like, it scared me. What happens is they it. come together. They may... They come together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what happens is she gets pulled towards him. They meet. Kiss. They both they both get pulled towards each other and it's a really long dramatic. Oh, there's wind uh, blowing in yeah. her hair. And he's just she's just like arms open, smiling like in Titanic, and he's on the uh, he's like trying Terrified. to run backwards. He's like waving his arms. He's screaming no in slow motion. <laughs> right. Uh, they finally meet. Uh, sparks fly when they kiss. Right. They meet and they immediately are stuck together kissing. But it blows off a ton of stuff that's yeah. stuck to both of them. It, yeah. You think, I, I wonder if it demagnetized It him. probably does. And so it really is going to mean that he's stuck with her forever now. That's why it, goes, it cuts to black. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. What did you get from this episode? What do you think was the moral of it, if any? Uh, I think it was mostly about the comedy, but I guess if there was a moral of the story, uh, don't be a self-centered asshole. <laughs> He he could back it up, but still, yeah, yeah. shouldn't be a dick. Yeah, don't um, be a dick. He had a magnetic personality. You think yeah. it was just a ironic play on words? Yeah, uh, I think it was. Yeah, uh, a, a lighthearted. I mean, obviously, the, the name of the episode was the main attraction, and they're magnetized. Of course, I like this one. I yeah, like, it was a really fun episode. Uh, uh, and it demonstrates how the episodes can go from kind of dark, somber, to lighthearted. Bubbly comedy. And then later on, there'll be straight up, like, sci-fi thrillers and then mysteries. Horror. Horror. We had a little bit of that with his flashback. Um, yeah, I love the show. I thought it was great, obviously. The um, mom was almost the same character as in the first episode. She was a little bit calmer. She didn't scream anything. She wasn't exposed yeah. to anything of any of the... Well, on her son's room got crashed into by a meteor. You're right. Was she in that scene? No, but okay. she had to have known that happened. It was in her house. Yeah. The dad and sister are mentioned, but they're never, never seen. Never shown. Mm -hmm. Never shown the dad or the sister. 
So I think that's going to do it, guys. Uh, this has been the second episode of Amazeballs. Right, yeah. Uh, catch us next week when we cover the third episode. Alamo Job. Yeehaw!